All right, good morning, guys. Glad to see you all here. Uh, I love that video, uh, and one of my favorite lines uh, in there, if, if you uh, didn't catch uh, that video, essentially it's just Lecrae, who grew up without a dad, uh, without uh, any kind of really uh, positive male role model in his life, and just kind of talking to those guys and saying, hey, I, I wanted to be just like you. But then the very last verse, he says, but then in step Jesus. And he says, all men were created to lead, but we needed somebody to lead us. And, uh, and I love that because it's such a reminder to me as a dad that at the end of the day, I can do everything that I uh, think is right and everything that I need to do, but in my own power, uh, I'll never accomplish what only Jesus can. Uh, the other thing that I often go to when, when I am trying to encourage parents is uh, I usually go to uh, the feeding of the 5,000. And I acknowledge that we do have a Savior in Jesus who is capable of feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. But we all need to acknowledge that that's not typically how God feeds 5,000 people. Usually he orders enough food for 5,000 people, right? And he takes care of it. And so uh, if we as dads don't do our job, we do have a Savior who is big enough and strong enough who can swoop in and rescue and save the day. And yet God wants uh, for us as men, as uh, fathers, to be faithful in our role, to carry out uh, his work in our families and in our homes. And so I am so glad that you're here this morning and giving us another chance just to talk about those things, to encourage you, to help you, and, and walk alongside you as you seek to be the dad that, that God's called you to be. So welcome uh, to Dad You. How many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you, this is your very first time at Dad You? Okay, awesome, really good. So glad that you guys are here, and, and uh, man, we are uh, so thankful. Uh, let me also ask you this. How many of you did not register for April's Dad You? Anybody in the house that didn't register for April's Dad You? It's okay, we're still glad you're here, okay? Uh, but if you guys would, just each month, uh, we have a new registration. It helps us to know about how many to plan for, how many table leaders to have, all that. And, so, uh, and it ensures that you'll get an email from us that just kind of follows up about this morning. And so if you didn't register for this morning, if you'll just pull out your phone right now and just take a couple of seconds, just go to watermark.org slash dadu. Go ahead and register. There'll be an email that'll probably hit your inbox uh, before you leave uh, this morning that you're going to want to uh, want to have. That's just kind of a follow-up from our time this morning. And so if you haven't registered, you won't get that email. And I want to make sure that you get it. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, so thank you guys for being here this morning. Uh, if you're sitting at a table right now, which I don't think you are, that does not have a sign at it. That means you have no leader, uh, and it also means that they're, that you don't like sitting in the front, because my, my friend Brent up here has plenty of room, so if you are a preschool dad, there's some room up here uh, for you, but make sure that you're sitting at a table with a leader, uh, and uh, these guys are up here ready to serve you as well, so uh, jump in with us, but uh, I'm really excited this morning to get to share with you uh, one of my dearest friends and uh, one of the guys who I've learned the most from, uh, Kyle Thompson. Kyle has uh, been an elder here at Watermark for, for years and uh, and now is just continuing to serve in the body and uh, loving on and shepherding men. He shepherds and disciples men as well as just about anybody that I know. And I have learned so much uh, just by his example as well as uh, just the gift of uh, being able to sit down at, at uh, lunch tables with him and uh, engage with him and, and uh, just learn from his example. So I'm really excited to share him with you this morning and hope that you'll be encouraged as well. So I'm going to pray for our 
our time. And then Kyle Thompson's going to come up and, uh, and speak to us this morning. So, Father, we thank you that you are a good and perfect Father. And, uh, Lord, we come into this room... Um, acknowledging a couple of things. One, Lord, that we're not uh, perfect fathers and that we are in desperate need uh, of uh, a savior to come and rescue us. And, uh, and so, Lord, we thank you uh, that we can acknowledge that. And then, Lord, we also acknowledge that we have hope. We have hope that uh, the God of the scriptures, that the God uh, that we uh, celebrate, the God that um, sent his one and only son and who we celebrated this weekend, uh, the one who has risen from the dead, that that savior is sufficient to give us everything that we need so that we can be the men that you've called us to. And so uh, we pray that this morning you would use our time together uh, to accomplish those purposes. Father, we thank you for Kyle and just for uh, the work of grace that you've done in his life. And, uh, and Lord, uh, for the chance that we have to, to learn from him. And uh, so, Lord, I pray that our ears would be open and our hearts would be attentive uh, to what you would have to say to us. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Right. Amen. Thank you, Wes. Love you, thank you. Love you, too. All right, well, I'm uh, excited to be with you guys this morning. Thank you, as Wes said, for, for getting up. And uh, just the example that that is, is as dads and wanting to invest well in your kids. And so uh, I'm going to show you a picture real quick of my family. Uh, one of them is here. So uh, my wife, Lucina, we've been married almost 36 years uh, Audrey, our daughter, and her husband, John, they've been married almost six years. And then uh, Jordan in the middle, who's back there, he works here at Watermark, uh, late 20s. So uh, really fun. That was from about three weeks ago when we were together in Israel. And so, uh, you know, being a dad has been one of the greatest joys and blessings for me. And, you know, as I think about my life, it's probably uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest way God has uh, refined and grown me. And so just to give you a little background, uh, I trusted Christ uh, when I was 20 years old. I didn't grow up in a home that, uh, where uh, church or Christianity was on the radar at all. Uh, uh, but I had lots of baggage that I didn't deal with uh, after I made a commitment to follow Christ. I uh, uh, had a habitual pornography issue uh, I desired to control circumstances and people and uh, really lived a performance-based life. And so the fact that I didn't deal with those things 13 years later when I was 33 years old, uh, I had a marriage that was on the brink of uh, destruction, had two young kids uh, that I wanted to make sure that they did and I did everything right. And so by that, I mean... Uh, wanted to make sure we were in the right church. Uh, they went to the right school. Uh, they played the right sports. They were on the right teams, had the right coaches. Uh, I had the right business success. Uh, I was in the right men's small group. Uh, and anytime I heard anyone say anything about how to be a great dad, I just would add that to my list. So I had a list about 10 pages long of uh, things that I need to do to, to set my kids up for a great life. And what I realized uh, when I was 33 uh, is that I, I, I was just overwhelmed. I was like, man, how, how can I balance all of these things? And there are several passages uh, that God really used to, to get my attention. 
and to radically change uh, what my life looked like and, and really uh, just how I approached everything and especially how I approached uh, being a believer, being a husband, and being a dad. And so one of those was Psalm 128, uh, verses 1 through 4. And so, you know, when I read that, it talks about how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, uh, who walks in his ways. Uh, when you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy. That was not me. Uh, it'll be well with you. That was not me. Uh, your wife will be like a fruitful vine. Uh, that was not us. Uh, your children like olive plants. That was not what was going on. Uh, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And so I realized, man, there, there's something radically out of whack here. Because that does not describe my life. And uh, another passage that was really helpful for me that I, I know a lot of you guys are familiar with was just in Matthew 22 where, you know, the Pharisees asked Jesus, hey, you know, you got all these commands and we got the commandments and then you've added some things. And so what are we supposed to do? What's the most important? And they were asking that to him to really try to trip him up. But I love the simplicity of what Jesus said. He says, man, you just got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And, uh, and the second is you got to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and so as you guys know, there's no closer and more important neighbor that I have than my wife and my kids. And I just... You know, somehow God used that to just jerk my chain. And I, I didn't understand the simplicity that God desired for me in everything. And so that was, uh, that was 25 years ago. I'm 58, about to turn 59 now. And, uh, and so I recognized I needed a radical transformation. I needed to just to simplify my life, just like what Jesus was telling him. And so 2 Corinthians 11.3 was another verse. Just talks about, I'm afraid as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness that your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Again, we're not, God's not trying to make this complicated. He's trying to make it very, very simple. And you see uh, in the Gospels, you see Jesus teaching this over and over and over again. You see it uh, just in Luke 10 and his interaction, you know, with Mary and Martha, where Mary's at Jesus' feet uh, worshiping and learning, and Martha's, you know, back there making it happen, getting everything done. And, and Jesus just says, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things. That was me, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good part. And so our, our Christian culture, really our, our American culture, but unfortunately even our Christian culture often values just service and action over time with Christ. And that, that's a trap that I'd fallen into. I was doing everything I was supposed to do. And, and it's so easy. I know you guys are here this morning. You, you know, you're here early. You're going to go to work. You got a full day, and then you probably got all kinds of things on your plate when you get home. And it's so easy to be going 90 miles an hour and just trying to cram everything in, in a way that our lives are they're complicated, uh, they're oversaturated, uh, and it's just a model that I didn't see in Scripture, and I still don't see in Scripture. You know, you look at Jesus with the disciples and what their life looked like. 
And so I, I had a major problem and I realized uh, that God had a solution for me. And so uh, again, when I was 33, and, and you know, some of you guys are, are not even 33 yet, but, uh, you know, I put a stake in the ground, and I just decided, okay, I can't perpetuate this. I'm only going to do two things each day. And if I, have, if I have 100 things on my list, and I do 98 things, and I don't get these two things done, then it's been a wasted day. And if I have a hundred things on my list and I only get two things out of the hundred done, but I get these two things done, then I've been faithful that day. And so that's what I've got to focus on. And I established uh, for me just a, a decision template uh, that I use, just a tool to help me discern what I say yes to, and, and just recognizing that saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. And so I wanted to be careful that I wasn't saying no to the simplicity of what God wanted me to do. And I, I gave this to Lucina, uh, and I had her help me. And, you know, over time I gave this to our community my, so they could help me. And, uh, and so those two things that I knew that I had to do uh, were the greatest investment for me and the greatest investment uh, in my kids and my future. And so those two things, number one, were just love and deepening in intimacy with Christ. And number two, love and deepening in intimacy with my wife and kids. And, and the greatest thing is that uh, as I did the first one, that set me up to do the second one. I could not do the second one if I didn't do the first one. I was deluding myself. And, uh, and so I actually had things, you know, really, really upside down. And again, you know, for you guys, I want to just remind you, it's, you know, you may be uh, 28, you may be 33 like I was, or you, you may be 48. And, you know, it's never too late to be faithful today. It's never too late just to change the trajectory. And... Uh, the reality of these two things is I, I didn't know how to do them, okay? And so I had, you know, I'd been around the church. I'd been involved in the church. We were members. I was serving. Uh, and I just didn't understand uh, how simple those two things were. And so I'm going to talk about what it means to deepen an intimacy with Christ and, uh, you know, how I do that, uh, how that impacts me as a husband and as a dad. And, you know, the great thing is that this... This looks different for each one of us. And, uh, but it is the greatest inheritance that I can pass on to my kids. It's funny, you know, how much time we can spend on, uh, you know, building retirement and building wealth. And, you know, I hear guys that don't even have kids and they're already contributing to their, uh, their kids' college savings plan. And, you know, they're trying to do all these things to set their kids up. And they spend a lot of time, you know, researching schools and, you know, all the different things. And it's like, man, this is the greatest thing I can do. If I want to pass an inheritance on to my kids, this is the inheritance that God talks about. And my kids, our kids are going to model what they see me do, okay? And we, we all know that. I know I have, uh, I had a, 
I had a great dad. He did the best he could. Uh, you know, he was 18 when I was born, and he was in college, and he was not a believer. And so, you know, he was just trying to figure it out. And uh, there were great things that my dad did, but I also inherited a lot of baggage, uh, you know, from, from watching my dad. And so, you know, Proverbs 23, 26 says, Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways. And so, again, that's just driving home. Our kids are going to do what they see. I want you to watch this uh, brief video. Looks like rain again today. Dark clouds gather and fill the sky. Don't know how to talk to you. Just know how to say goodbye. Have you actually got a climate That video was really, uh, you know, convicting for me the first time I saw it, and it, it is so true. You know, it's like um, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, just imitate me as I imitate Christ. And, uh, you know, I, I can't pass on to my kids what I don't possess. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, uh, Donald Whitney, who wrote a book on uh, spiritual disciplines, he just says, hey, the, the only road to Christian maturity and godliness passes through the practice of spiritual disciplines. And I've never known a man or woman who came to spiritual maturity except through discipline. Godliness comes through discipline. And so I'm going to talk about uh, just practically what that means and what that looks like. Uh, and, you know, action for me and then action for me as a dad that I started to establish uh, when I was in my uh, early 30s. But first, you know, just talking about uh, spiritual disciplines. I know a lot of different things come to our minds when we hear that. But I will tell you, it takes, uh, it takes a level of commitment and it takes uh, intentionality. And I, and I have to have a yielded heart. I often think about the fact that you know, intimacy with Christ, uh, I'm, I'm a formula guy, and so I think about it, the fact that intimacy with Christ is just spiritual disciplines plus a yielded heart. And so I've got to make sure my heart is yielded, and then God tells me and shows me the on-ramp to what I'm supposed to do. And so 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, uh, some of you guys are familiar with this, have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. But discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, both uh, for this life and the life to come. And, you know, I used to get confused about that uh, uh, 1 Timothy 4, 7, you know, worldly fables fit only for old women. And, and I realized, you know, just the relevancy of that, um, you know, I had bought into a lot of the worldly fables. And you guys, uh, unknowingly, with our culture, 
just buy into the worldly fables. You know, again, like I said earlier, making sure uh, that my kids go to the right school. You know, it's, we spent a lot of time, I know we did, uh, working through that, that they get the right teachers. You know, what do I have to do to make sure that, you know, they get Mrs. Wilson? Uh, that they play the right sports, that they got the right coaches, uh, they're playing the right position, they go to the right camps, you know, so that they come back as uh, little angels like uh, uh, I want them to be. They get in the right small group, they go to the right college, they get the right job, and they have the right life. And so those are all worldly fables fit only for old women. Okay, those aren't, those aren't bad, but in and of themselves... Uh, they're not good drivers. They're not good motivations. And so it's what my heart naturally drifts to. It's part of what I mentioned, just my desire to control and, uh, and make sure that my kids perform as a result of that. It's funny, you guys, uh, so Deuteronomy 6 is a, you know, is a passage some of you guys are familiar with because it, it's one of the main passages we use that we talk about, hey, what, what am I supposed to do as a, as a dad? And it's, it's interesting when you look at the Deuteronomy 6 uh, passage, you know, it just reinforces what I've already said that Jesus called us to. Just, hey, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. How do I teach them by my sons? Because they're, they emanate out of me. You talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them to sign on your hand and be on the front of your forehead. And so, uh, you know, deepening in intimacy with Christ allows us really to invest, develop, and model for our kids what we desire for them. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just real quickly walk through just practically what this looks like. Okay, I'm going to give you some real easy handholds that were helpful for me. And I, I really lump, you know, spiritual disciplines into three broad categories. And again, I'm going to tell you what that looked like for me and then what it looks like for me as a dad, what it looked like growing up and, and still what it looks like today for our kids. And so, uh, you know, the first category just is God's word. And I have to read it. I have to meditate on it. I have to reflect on it. I have to memorize it and I have to apply it. Okay, I'm gonna go through that again. I have to, have to read it. I have to meditate on it then reflect on it, memorize it, and then I have to apply it. And you see this in Joshua 1.8. When, when Jordan graduated from uh, TCU and he said, hey, I'm, I'm going to California. And uh, I said, well, Jordan, that's great. You know, help me understand why you've decided to move to California. You know, I, I get uh, that that's where the, the meat of the film industry is. And um, and so we talked through that, and I just said, hey, there's only, um, there's only one thing you need to be successful in California. This is going to set you up for a great life, and you're going to do awesome out there. And it's a scripture that Jordan had already memorized, and it's Joshua 1.8. And so I was just reminding Jordan, you know, this is not my formula for success in California. It's God's formula for success. And it's true whether you're in Texas or California. And so 
not to let the book of the law depart from your mouth, to meditate on it day and night, to be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have success. And so God's word is the fuel for the Holy Spirit in me. And so I often think about that. You know, we, we talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit is in us as we're sealed uh, in Christ, as we commit to trust Christ. And, uh, but the Holy Spirit is activated in me, you know, through God's Word. And so he uses uh, it, God's Word to enlighten and encourage, convict, teach, guide, and direct me. And so I know, I, but, I, but I have to have a plan for how that's going to happen. And so the, you know, one of the best gifts ever given to me uh, was given to me 18 years ago. And um, it's not long after Watermark started and, you know, I was with a group of guys and we were talking and we just said, hey, let, let's try to make sure that uh, anytime we give counsel or say something uh, that we have scripture to back that up. And uh, I thought, well, great, that's a, that's a great idea. And what I soon realized is, you know, I, I didn't know my Bible because I just didn't have a lot to say because I, I couldn't think of where the Scripture was or if it, if it was even Scripture. And so I decided then, um, and, and so by this time, you know, I'm 40 years old. I decided, okay, um, I'm always going to have a group of guys that I'm studying and applying Scripture with in addition to my community. And so I've got things I'm doing with my community, but I'm going to get a, another group of guys that I'm doing this with. And it's not because I have so much to offer them. It's because I need the accountability. I need guys asking me every week, hey, what's God teaching you? What are you learning? What are you memorizing? And I'd love to hear that. And so uh, I just started, started doing that. And also always having a passage of Scripture that I was memorizing. I memorized very little Scripture uh, and until I was 40 years old. And I just thought, okay, I know that's something uh, that's critical for me. And, you know, the other thing that I decided, uh, and this is very uh, logical, but I decided I'm never going to go out of my house naked. And uh, that probably doesn't surprise you. Uh, you guys, I'm looking around, I don't see anybody naked. Everybody's dressed and you look good. Um, but there was a visual in Scripture for me uh, that I realized, hey, I've spent the first 40 years of my life going out naked, and I, I can't do that anymore. And, it, and it's Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. And it's where God talks about to put the full armor of God on, you know, to get dressed so that you can stand against uh, the schemes of the devil, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the worldly forces of darkness. And uh, that I've got to put on the armor of God before I go out or I'm going to get, uh, I, I'm going to get filleted. I'm going to get devastated. And so, so that I'll be able to resist in the evil day, uh, I've got to gird my loins with truth. I've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I've got to shod my feet with truth. I'm sorry, with the, the gospel of peace. I got to take up the shield of faith. I got to put on the helmet of salvation, be reminded of who I am and whose I am and why. And then 
with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so, man, I got to get ready. It goes on. I got to pray at all times in the Spirit to be on the alert with perseverance so that when I open my mouth, uh, I can make known the boldness, the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And uh, that was a, a revelation for me. I just thought, man, I, I'm just not doing this. And so in the same way, uh, you guys had to take action and do things to put your clothes on to get here this morning. There's things that I have to do to take action to do that or I'm going out of my house naked. And uh, I just decided, hey, if I'm going if, if to uh, leave my house at 5 o'clock in the morning uh, or 6 o'clock in the morning, that uh, I got to be up and ready. If I'm going to leave at 5, I got to be up and ready by 4. Or I shouldn't schedule things at 5. Uh, I should never schedule things that don't give me time to get dressed. And, and again, you guys never do that. Why would I go out and be exposed spiritually? Uh, and so I just decided I'm going to start doing that. So uh, I wake up in the flesh every day and I've got to walk by the Spirit. So that was an easy thing for me. And if I, again, if I felt like I couldn't get up, I shouldn't schedule something that early. And so action as a dad. Uh, you know, here's things Lucene and I did. Uh, we, we did have family devotions when our kids were little, but as they got older, uh, we just incorporated scripture in all our discussions just as a natural, regular thing that we did. And we opened our lives up to our kids. I didn't do this by you know, drilling my kids with questions. I opened my life up to them so they could be a part of the processing. Even when they were little, I remember when Jordan was you know, five years old and we were praying for my dad and uh, just the sweetness of how much Jordan loved my dad. And so Jordan was much more consistent for me in just praying for Poppy. And so when, you know, when my dad was uh, in his early 60s and he trusted Christ, uh, I think it was largely because of Jordan's faithfulness from when he was five just to pray for my dad and just the sweet relationship that he had because of that. Uh, but, you know, this takes time and it takes priority. Again, this is what we saw in Deuteronomy 6. And so one of the things Lucina and I decided is... Um, the best way we could schedule that, the, some of the richest time we had with our kids was at dinner. And so we put, again, a stake in the ground, simplified our life, and we just said, hey, we're going to have dinner together as a family uh, some, sometime between 6.30 and 8, four nights a week. And so whatever comes up, uh, it's got to be outside of those bounds. We're going to make that a priority and because that's where life things happened. And so we started doing that when our kids were five years old. And if I had a business trip, uh, you know, I did everything I could to be back so I could be home uh, by 6 o'clock. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't make it seven days a week, so there, were, there, were, there was flexibility in that. But if we didn't make that decision, it probably wouldn't happen, you know, more than twice a month. And so... Uh, we would just use that time to talk about what was swirling in our lives. And, and Lucina and I would lead out in that. I'd talk about, you know, just my day and, you know, often get to things God was teaching me, th ways that, uh, that I fell short, how our kids could pray for me. 
And our kids saw how we stewarded resources. We were very open about what was going on uh, just in resources God entrusted to us. From when our kids were really little, I'll never forget we were at dinner one night and I was talking about money I lost. And uh, I think Audrey was about 13 years old and I noticed her eyes were getting big and I'm like, okay, you know. And I said, Audrey, you, you look like they're, you're worried about something. She said, Dad, does this mean I don't get to go to college? And I thought, oh, okay, I got I to gotta put it in context. You know, I got to make sure that I'm careful uh, giving her perspective. But uh, we just talk about, um, you know, again, whatever was going on. I, I can remember Jordan in middle school. Our, our kids went to, to public school. Not that it's any different in private school, but I can remember Jordan talking about how, you know, the guys were uh, at lunch masturbating, looking at pornography in the bathroom and how, you know, that was part of their dialogue and, you know, they were making fun of him and just saying he was gay because he wasn't doing that. And so, you know, just rich conversation. I can remember one of our kids at dinner one night just saying, hey, hey, dad, what's a blowjob? And I was like, well, why, why do you ask? You know, and <laughs> yeah, which is always a good question. Uh, so he does me. Oh, I'm in a blow pop. You know, I, no. so uh, but it, but it's great. Uh, it's it's great because you get it. You, you know, you get to all very naturally talk about all these things you'd love to be the one talking about with your kids, and um, you know, just. Uh, you know, when Jordan was 11, he got invited to be on a, on a baseball team and it was going to take, you know, they're going to, it was a select baseball that was going to practice four nights a week and, you know, all this stuff. And so we just talked about that and just said, hey, this is going to be really difficult to continue uh, to do our dinners. And uh, as we talked through that, Jordan just said, well, I don't want to do that. You know, that saying yes to that's going to be saying no to this. And so, uh, again, it was just so great for us in the way we got to work through things. Audrey, uh, you know, one uh, evening at dinner uh, just started crying, and a, and a friend of hers had asked her to lie about spending the night at, at our house because uh, she had spent the night with a boy. And she just said, hey, would you, my mom's going to call you to validate this. Uh, would you tell her that I spent the night at your house? And, you know, for us, that seems simple. You know, for a 14-year-old girl, that, that is, uh, that's huge. Because if I don't do that, you know, my friend's not going to be my friend, and there's going to be all these ramifications. And yet I know that, uh, you know, my friend's headed down a path of destruction. And so just how you navigate those things. And so, you know, the, the beauty of that is, is the, the friend did go to her mom. Audrey, you know, we helped her see, hey, it's probably better that your friend tells her mom instead of you. And, you know, that friend cut Audrey off for five years. And uh, she came back five years later. They just graduated from, from uh, high school and just said, hey, I, I want to thank you for what you did. And, uh, you know, that changed the trajectory of my life, just the way that you uh, stood firm in that. And so, but it, but it was painful for those five years. Number, number two, just inviting your kids into whatever you're doing. And so Lucina and I do that, grade school, 
you know, again, jumping into the, the, the da- dad Bible study, the dad daughter, the dad son. And then as they got older, uh, you know, I would invite uh, Jordan. And then when John started to pursue Audrey, John just, whatever discipleship group I was doing, I'd just invite them in. And I didn't make them go. I didn't make them feel guilty if they didn't. But I wanted to always invite them in. And, you know, Jordan has jumped in several times with me over the years. John, when he was dating Audrey, jumped in a number of times with me. And so it just gave me an opportunity, uh, again, just to have that time with them. Scripture memory. Uh, you know, anytime I'm memorizing something, I let my kids know and I invite them to do it with me. And I don't make them do it. I don't make them feel guilty or that I think less of them if they don't do it. But uh, when we were in Israel, uh, Audrey and I got to do Sermon on the Mount. And so it was so sweet. She had memorized the 111 verses of Sermon on the Mount. And so we uh, got to do that together. And uh, just a, I didn't even know she was memorizing it. I'd, we'd mentioned that, and I found out about three weeks before we left. And, you know, Jordan and I are memorizing Romans 8 right now. So, again, just inviting your kids in. Second is prayer. Okay, you guys know this. Jesus modeled it. Um, Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Just recognizing that God's at work all the time around me. And that prayerfulness cultivates godliness. And... Um, and faithfulness. And so action for me, you know, again, that's part of putting the armor of God on. I incorporate that in my morning time. Um, And then, um, you know, just knowing that I, you know, I get anxious all the time. I'm, I'm in the energy business and I'm watching volatility and you know, volatility and everything. And so it just, just calms my heart, you know, having scripture that I run through my heart. And then as a dad, uh, you know, again, just letting my kids know how they can pray for me and then knowing how I can pray for them. And so we talk about that all the time and uh, just asking them, um, um, you know, not only to pray for me, but also making sure that I know what's going on every day. So that's one of the things I do is I try to make sure every day I know how to pray for my wife and my kids. And I do that by listening uh, observing and asking open questions. So I don't say, hey, it's Sunday night, give me your prayer list for this week. I do that dynamically just by trying to be a study of them and listen and making that a priority. You know, Jordan uh, is in charge of real truth real quick. And so, you know, just knowing when he has deadlines or, you know, his future, just different things swirling for him, Audrey, uh, and they're... Uh, going through some changes in community, which is great. John, my son-in-law, just found out this week that the company he works for has been sold uh, to a company based in Midland. And so there's going to be some dynamics for John. And so, you know, I had a sweet time just talking through that with him a couple of days ago and getting to pray for him. Third, uh, discipline is just engaging missionally. And so, you know, 2 Corinthians 2 Uh, just spells this out that we want to be the sweet aroma of uh, Christ everywhere we go. So we're a fragrance of Christ uh, among those who are being saved and those who are are perishing. And so we we don't want to peddle the Word of God. You see that? But we want to speak in, in Christ in the sight of God everywhere we go. And so for me, uh, again, that's just 
the awareness of evangelism. It's uh, loving neighbors. It's uh, hospitality of our home, using our home as a platform. It's initiating, engaging, encouraging, and challenging. Um, we had 30 folks in our home on Sunday. And, you know, again, it's just developing relationships, uh, whether it was our, you know, spin instructor and her husband or just different people that we cross paths with, inviting your neighbors over for dinner. One of our neighbors uh, is in here. And so, you know, we're all getting together in a week or so and uh, just having all the people in your neighborhood over. And so as a dad, uh, again, we tried to model this when our kids were little, that our home is a platform for ministry, and uh, just like these church buildings are. And so, uh, you know, inviting their friends over, getting to engage with them, having uh, their teachers over, getting to know them, to encourage and thank them for investing in our kids, and, uh, and then building a relationship so that as things come up, uh, we're part uh, of, of uh of engaging with them. Uh, you know, we exposed our kids to needs when our kids were um, uh, six and seven years old. We started having people live with us. Again, just to expose them to folks that needed a place to live because of whatever situation in their life stage. We took them, uh, we had a night each month that we served at the Union Gospel Mission. And uh, we did that because we wanted our kids to be exposed to folks that were going through rough stages of their life and to hear their stories and just to recognize that, uh, you know, our journeys are all different. We tried to travel with our kids and take them to different parts of the world uh, just so they could, could see that and develop a love for people. And, you know, it's been fun because we get to continue to do that. As our kids are older, uh, you know, we're engaging with folks together. Um, Jordan and I have gotten to do that a number of different times. Audrey is a, is a uh, petroleum engineer, and so as she's had relationship with other engineers, uh, because I'm in the energy business, there's a natural to invite me in. And uh, I've gotten to walk through faith journey for several guys just through uh, Audrey initiating with them and developing uh, work friendships. And so just in closing... Uh, you know, just a couple of things I want to drive home. Um, number one, um, you know, I have been a very imperfect dad. And so, uh, you know, just because I have these plans and do these things, um, I do it very imperfectly. Uh, when, when Jordan was in high school, uh, you know, I vividly remember, um, you know, I was frustrating him. There's nothing Jordan wanted, I think, more than not to be around me. Uh, you know, something about the young lion and, you know, those fluids are flowing if you guys have high school sons. And there was just a lot of frustration. And uh, one Sunday afternoon, you know, I took Jordan to coffee and we sat down and I, I just uh, reinforced to him how much I loved him, uh, how much I was just trying to uh, encourage him and help him. And just the reality that I'd never had a, a high school son before. And um, from a practical standpoint, I really didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, and I needed his help. And so uh, help me just know how I'm frustrating you. I want to do better. And uh, I know you've got tremendous insight. 
to help me do that. So what, what can I do different? Because I don't want to frustrate you and I don't want to agitate you. And, you know, it was, I think it was really a turning point uh, at that time for me and Jordan because he looked at me and just said, Dad, I, man, I, th- I think you're doing a great job. And I, I think he realized, again, that I was uh, really for him. And so I just say, be real with your kids. Let them see you fail. Lead out in forgiveness. Uh, a couple of months ago, we were at dinner. One of my pet peeves is people looking at their phone while we're eating. And uh, Jordan is very visual. And, uh, and so he picked his phone up while we were having a meal. And I just took it and threw it on the ground. You know, just like a godly dad would do, very naturally. <laughs> And because uh, uh, I was irritated, and he knows that. He knows better, you know, and he's 28, almost 29 years old. And uh, so it was just so great for me to come back later. I don't know if it was that evening or the next day, and, and just own that and ask for forgiveness and just acknowledge what was going on in my heart, my desire to control him, and he wasn't performing the way I wanted. And again, just being real and... Um, Community's role, Jordan, uh, when he first started uh, experimenting with pornography and masturbation uh, in junior high, uh, I can remember engaging with him and, you know, we crossed paths during one of those episodes, which was just God-ordained, it was sovereign. And, and, you know, Jordan and I talked about that and he knew my history and my, my story that I had struggled with that for, you know, really until I was 38 years old. And uh, I just said, hey, Jordan, uh, you know, I've got these men in my life that help me as a dad. And so I'm going to let them know uh, because I've, you know, I've, I've struggled with pornography, masturbation. I've not had a son that. And so I know they're going to speak wisdom and help me and they're for you. And he, he just said, dad, I, I think that's a good idea, which stunned me. I thought, wow. And so, you know, we were in community with Todd Wagner and Dean McFarlane and Brett Johnston. And, and so those guys called Jordan. And, you know, just increase the dimension of their relationship with him because they knew that's something he was wrestling with. And just in a way that they affirmed and encouraged him. And so, man, use your community. When John was dating Audrey, uh, I told John, hey, you know, as the relationship moved on, if you get to a point where you ask me if you can marry Audrey, I'm going to let you know that there's, in addition to Lucina, there's three other guys that are going to chime in. And if it's not unanimous then I'm going to say no. And that also carries a responsibility on their part to get to know you and spend time with you. And so it was a great role, you know, for them to play when John did finally ask me uh, just for those guys to celebrate, hey, this is a huge decision for you, for your daughter, the man that you give her to. And so we think John is going to be an excellent husband. We think he's in a good place. And so use your committee. Um, You, number three, equip, not control your kids, okay? Train up a child in the way they should go. Not control your kids in the way they should go. Uh, We gave lots of freedom, and especially as our kids got older, so they could make mistakes in our house. They could make their own decisions, you know, with their schoolwork, with staying out, uh, with getting up on their own. We didn't go in and wake them up in the morning uh, with We gave them a certain amount of money and let them steward that. And so if Jordan bought DVDs with his money and didn't buy clothes, that was his choice. Uh, You know, we let them fail just like Jesus let Peter fail in the depth of relationship afterwards. 
you know, we didn't do college applications. And so uh, our kids had the ability to uh, go to a school that accepted them. If they only applied for one, then they were really reducing their odds. But that was their deal, not ours. And so uh, number four, just encouraging and celebrating them. You know, making sure that our home was a refuge. And, you know, I still will constantly try and write my kids' notes and affirm them and celebrate uh, choices and just the goodness in their lives uh, so that if nobody else is doing that, you know, I'm a cheerleader for them and I'm encouraging them. And just make sure you do that when your kids are little. You know, drop by at lunch and just affirm them. I don't know if you, you might not be able to do that anymore. Back when our kids were in school, you could actually go in. But, uh, you know, just opportunities to celebrate their faithfulness. And so in summary... Uh, again, I've given you a lot, just two things, guys. Love and deepen in intimacy with Christ. And, love, and that, that allows you to love and deepen in intimacy with your kids. And so I would, my hope for you is that just as you spend time at your tables that you would ask, you know, just, man, how am I uh, out of control or overwhelmed? Uh, what are two what, what are my two primary priorities? And what needs to change in my life? What am I really giving my life to? You know, again, it's, uh, we have time for what is a priority in our lives. And so if you don't have time, it, it's a simple uh, issue. It's just you've got different priorities. There's something else that's important to you. And lastly, is just acknowledge confess and own with your kids ways that you can do better. You know, just set your mind to action. It, it, it's so tender and great when you get to, uh, again, allow your kids to see that, hey, God's still growing me. I, I can still, there's still areas that I, I need to take ground in. And that's why I said it's just never too late uh, to be faithful today. And so just figuring out what that looks like. And so, Father, I do thank you um, that uh, we get to play the role that we do. These are uh, your kids, first and foremost, that uh, you love them far more than we could ever love them. And just the role we get to play, the unique role uh, as we steward and encourage and then get to release them. You tell us that uh, he who abides in me and, uh, and me and him will bear much fruit for apart from you, we can do nothing. And so just recognizing that it starts with our uh, just relationship with you, with the way that you are transforming us and just intimacy that we have with you. And uh, just thank you that you want to set us up as a result of that, just as great husbands and uh, great dads, great businessmen, uh, just in every aspect of our lives. So I do pray for just very practical and rich time for these guys. And uh, just thank you for uh, just the way you love us, the ways that you don't expect us to be perfect, the way you welcome us back uh, just as we are convicted and turn from our ways. And thank you for the way you love us perfectly through Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys, thank Kyle with me. Thank you, yeah. thank you buddy. Thank you. Uh, 
you know, I think uh, my favorite thing that Kyle said this morning, he said it a couple of times, is just it's never too late to be faithful today. And so one of the things I love about Dad Use, we've got dads kind of in, in all ends of the spectrum, uh, and, uh, and yet it's just never too late. And some of you guys are just starting out as a dad, but you already feel behind the eight ball because you're like, man, I didn't grow up in the church, and I didn't grow up reading God's Word or memorizing Scripture, and, and gosh, how am I going to catch up? And, and it's just never, it's, it's not too late. It's not too late to be faithful today. And some of you guys are, your kids are gone out of the home and you're trying to figure out, man, is there anything that I can do as a dad today that will make an impact? And the reality is it's never too late to be faithful today. You know, the, there's uh, this movie that's out right now telling the story of Bart Millard and uh, the story of how he wrote, I can only imagine, and this abusive father that he had. And what's amazing about that is that after Bart had left, when his dad came to faith in Christ, uh, I saw an interview with Bart just saying, hey, look, that that dad now, he, when he passed away, he was my, my best friend. This dad who had abused me and mistreated me, didn't know anything about following after the Lord. This is the man that I would say was my best friend when he passed away. And that, that's only by the grace of God. And so it's never too late for us to, to begin to do the things that really matter in our families. And so I'm going to give you a chance right now just to spend some time at your tables. If you're at a table uh, that does not have a sign at it, that means you don't have a leader at your table. And so there's some tables up here that have some empty seats. Love for you to come and jump in uh, at one of these tables or another one that has a leader. Uh, and just spend some time talking about this. We're going to put some questions up on the screen and your leaders already have those. And so spend some some time just talking about, man, what, do, what would it look like if I were to aim my life at godliness in the way that, that Kyle talked about this morning? And, uh, and then specifically look at the spiritual disciplines and how are you doing uh, in that area? So uh, table leaders, if you would, just make sure that those table rosters are complete, that you've written your name at the top of it. And you've asked those guys to fill that out. We're going to come by and grab those from you here as you're talking at your tables. Um, but let's break up now and uh, spend some time in discussion at our tables. All right, guys. Hey, uh, it is uh, 8 o'clock. We want to be good with your time. And so if you are uh, able to stick around and continue to chat, you're welcome to do that. But uh, I want to uh, break us here in just a second. Uh, a couple of things uh, just to draw your attention to. At your table, uh, you should see a stack uh, of these guys. So if you have kids in our elementary ministry, we gave this to them just to kind of start the year. We're, we're focusing with our elementary kids this year on uh, the spiritual disciplines. And so just a real simple thing. You can kind of hang up on your refrigerator. Or, or bulletin board at home. And, uh, and then just to, to challenge us, as Kyle encouraged us today, just to invite our kids into what we're doing as we seek to grow uh, in Christ. And so you could pick one of these areas and say, hey, let's double down as a family uh, this month on, uh, on one of these areas. So make sure you take that home and just consider what is it, what, what's that simple step that the Lord uh, wants you to take uh, in this. So uh, as we wrap up, a couple of things. You should get an email from us uh, today. Uh, that just has a, a quick kind of call to action for you in that. Uh, if you tried to register a second ago because you didn't register before this morning uh, and it said it was closed, well, it's back open. So go in and register, and that way you'll be sure that you get the email. And then also just mark your calendars. May 1st is our uh, next dad you. It'll be the last one that we do. Uh, we'll take a break for the summer, uh, but the last one for uh, the spring. And so May 1st, uh, si you can go ahead and sign up uh, as well at watermark.org slash dad you. 
that registration is live for May. Remember, if you would, go ahead and sign up each month just to let us know uh, that you're going to be here so that we can plan accordingly. So let me pray for us, and then uh, you'll be dismissed. So Father, thank you uh, for uh, this morning. Thanks for a chance to hear from uh, from Kyle, and, and Lord, just to glean from uh, his wisdom and experience, and, and even some of the mistakes that he's made uh, over the years. And Lord, just to uh, be reminded that you have a plan for us as, as fathers uh, to be faithful. And so Lord, I pray that we would um, take whatever step it is that you've called us to this morning, just to, to be faithful today. And uh, Lord, that you would take that simple step of faith and, uh, and Lord, that you would work your wonders through it, God. We acknowledge that uh, none of this is possible. Uh, nothing, um, no fruit in the life, uh, lives of our kids is going to be possible, Lord, if you are not the one who brings that fruit to bear. And so, God, we trust you and, and we uh, really just implore you, God, that you would do uh, a work in our children's lives as you do a work in ours. And so, Lord, thanks for these men, for their commitment to be here early, for their desire to grow. Uh, as dads. And Lord, I pray that you would um, bless them and encourage them this morning. So Lord, um, be glorified through our lives today, through the way that we love our families, through the way that we do our jobs uh, and engage with uh, our friends and neighbors. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks guys. We'll see you next month.